Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That is what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. I'm so thankful that Ellen Stanley pointed out Emily White and her music to me. Emily is Memphis-raised, but Chicagoan as adult, self-describing as Southerner by heart, Midwestern by choice. While Emily's voice and music are beautiful and compelling, her lyrics elevate her to the top ranks of performers, touching the deep places and raising it all to golden heights. Her newest album is called Songs You Didn't Know I Wrote About You, and I think that's exactly what you're going to discover. Big thanks to Andrew Jansen for production assistance on today's program. You're going to want to also listen to the bonus excerpts and full uncut version of the interview on northernspiritradio.org for some really choice portions I just couldn't fit into the broadcast. Right now, Emily White joins us via Zoom from Chicago, Illinois. Welcome, Emily, to Song of the Soul. Hi, Mark. Thank you so much for having me. I understand you're in Chicago somewhere. Which area? I am on the north side of the city in a neighborhood called Andersonville. And how long you been there? I have been living up in this area since 2005, since I graduated from college. I understand you're originally from Memphis, that you'd been down there. You did your recording of your album down in Nashville at one point. So you've got a lot of, I think on your website, it says something like you're Southerner by heart, and but Midwesterner by choice. Can you speak Southern to me, please? <laughs> um, bless your heart. <laughs> I sure can, but I'm going to have to get really angry with you first, probably. <laughs> Because it mostly comes out when I'm angry. Occasionally when I'm very, very tired, but usually when I'm angry. I wish I still had my Southern accent, which I definitely had in a strong Tennessee accent, but I have lost it living amongst the Yankees for so many years. (laughs) So you've got a three and a half year old son. Your latest album, Songs You Didn't Know I Wrote About You, when did you put that together? Was this all while you're just caring for him in his early years, or just how did this come out? No, so this album was actually recorded before he was born. I had gone down to Nashville to work with, there was a musician in Chattanooga named Nathan Bell. He's a singer-songwriter, fantastic singer-songwriter, and he had heard my previous record, Staking Flags in the Valley, And he had wanted me to come down and re-record a couple of the tracks. He wanted to use them for a project, but he wanted to like produce them in the way he wanted those songs produced. So he had me come down to Nashville and I met the band that played on. uh, Missy Raines played bass. She's unbelievable. Cody Martin was a drummer on the album. And we all met up at Missy's studio, Missy's husband's studio, and started recording and I had sent Nathan some newer songs I had written and he said, well, let's just do these newer songs. So I went, was in Nashville. He had me come down and we started playing the newer songs and he decided we just should record those. And we got about 
six songs done in that the first couple days. And then I loved what we had done. And Nathan ended up not using it for his project. So I asked if I could have those sessions. And I went down six months to a year later and finished up, added seven more songs. And it ended up being an album. And so then this was right around the time I found out I was pregnant with our son. And I tried to get everything done before he was born. And I was going to release it like before he was born. And, you know, it just things did not turn out the way I planned, as in most things in life. And basically, when he was born, I had a totally finished album ready to go, but didn't want to release it then because I wanted to be able to play shows and do interviews and things like that. Then, <laughs> then a couple months later, when I was like, okay, now's the time, COVID hit. So here we are. <laughs> Songs You Didn't Know I Wrote About You is the latest album uh, recorded three, four years ago, but uh, just going out to the world right now. So uh, let's get started with some of the music from Emily White. And again, your website is emily-white.com, emily-white.com. The link's on northernspiritradio.org, folks. So how do you want to kick off this song of the soul, Emily? Well, I think it would be great to play the first track off of the album first, since we're talking about that project. Uh, that song is called Funny Little Sound. What's this funny little sound that the song refers to? So in this song, I wrote it when there was someone I knew, like sort of as a, an acquaintance. And he had, I saw him, I knew him pretty well, but he posted about losing someone that he loved to addiction. This was a person who, whenever I was around them, I always felt like I just knew them sort of on a soul level. Even though we never had any particularly deep or connecting conversations, I just felt this connection to this person. And when that happened, when he lost someone to addiction, as I've lost a couple of people to addiction, this is why I've always felt that way. So that's the funny little sound. It's something on a soul deep level, the connection, the thing you hear. When I first heard the verse talking about my brother liked that buzz better than he cared about me sometimes. Oh, I mean, I, I lost my mother to drunk driving when I was nine. I have a nephew who overdosed on heroin several years back. I have a great niece right now who is homeless and strung out. So I, it's so painful. What were the connections you lost that way? It really is. It's a really heartbreaking way to lose somebody, whether you lose them because they died or whether you just lose them because they're they're gone from you for a period of time. So my brother died of a drug overdose when he was 28. And that was, you know, absolutely transformative for me in, in so many ways. He and I were very, very close. And it was just an extremely difficult loss. Then again, you know, I lost another family member later to alcoholism. And it just sort of gutted me. And the second loss, in a way, gutted me worse than the first, because I thought, we're all supposed to understand how much it hurts to lose someone and we're supposed to not, you know, we're supposed to be better. Once you know how painful it is to lose someone to addiction, you should understand that this stuff is dangerous, you know? But unfortunately, addiction is is a disease and it's not super simple and straightforward in that way. And when you say in the song, I'm on your side, 
is that just about extending a, a helping, loving hand to the people who are disconnecting? It was really more toward the man I knew that was struggling through grief, just being like, if you are sort of in that club, if you've lost someone that way, you understand, like other people don't understand that kind of loss and that kind of grief. It, it's a different, it's a complicated grief. The same as if you lose someone to suicide, I feel like you're in a club, whether you ever wanted to be in that club or not. And so I think that was, it, it was me saying that to him, that I'm on your side. Like I, I get this, unfortunately. And I know this part of you without having to try or, you know, come up with any sort of platitude. Like I just, I get it. And I was saying that to him. And I also, you know, I change it in that verse to say, you're on my side, you know, because I, I knew that he just got me after having had that experience. Well, folks, I've kept you waiting long enough. It's about time to hear the first song for today's Song of the Soul with Emily White. Her website, emily-white.com, links on nordenspiritradio.org. Here is her song, Funny Little Sound. I can see it in your eyes the kind of guy sees the thin little thread between life and death whenever you're around there's a funny little sound tells me you know what it's like to get lost sometimes Someone's calling 
That's just one of several very heartful songs that you're going to hear from Emily White here today for Song of the Soul. Funny Little Sound is the song. The album is Songs You Didn't Know I Wrote About You. And I guess the people in that song were some of the people who maybe didn't know you were writing about them, that it was would come out that way. Is it easier or harder for you to say your feelings in songs? I know that for me, frequently growing up through my teen years and 20s, that songs often better said what I felt than I could put into words. Hopefully at 68, I'm a little bit better at saying my feelings. But what about for you, Emily? I think that for me, a lot of times, I don't always know what I'm feeling until it comes up in the song if that makes sense. I think sometimes for me, it's more of a, it can be more of a subconscious sort of release when I'm writing and I just am saying words and I don't always understand what they mean. It's so a little bit hard to explain, but then once they come out, I'm like, oh, now I, I get where that came from and why I'm saying that. And then a lot of times, you know, later, years later, like this album, all these songs are, are many years old. The songs either mean something different or more than they did at the time when I wrote them. And I can just see it more clearly. There's so much I want to talk to you about, Emily, but I think it's really important to have our listeners know that I will get to the music too. Shall we share something more with them? Sure. I think Love the Good is a great next choice because this is sort of a song about taking those good moments while they're there because they might not last forever. And that is particularly true when I think back to, you know, when, when Lewis was a little baby, not, not sort of knowing that the world was about to shut down. <laughs> I'm glad I enjoyed those moments while we had them. My favorite line in this song, of, of any of the songs that I've heard from you, is about nothing but your guts for rope. That is a genius line, and I have a feeling that comes from the deepest part of Emily White. Tell me a bit about that. I wrote this song. I was sort of inspired by like this opportunity I'd had, like a music opportunity, and I was driving to perform in like sort of a high stakes performance. And I remember just sort of thinking about the idea of. I mean, I think we all get nervous and get scared of big opportunities. And I just remember thinking like I needed to enjoy it and I needed to be brave. And I think that, that line was sort of for me, like just, this is what you have to hold on to. You, you hold on to like your guts, like, <laughs> because that's what's going to get you through this. I think listeners that the music of Emily White will get you through a lot of difficult places. You stay with it. You can feel a heart beating right alongside your own. This song is Love the Good. 
Copper coin, copper tone Shoulders in the August sun Catching light, catch my breath When everything is coming undone Toss it down, toss it up Penny in a bright blue sky Reflect the cloud, reflect the dream Tell me White is here with us today for Song of the Soul. Our website is northernspiritradio.org. Her website is emily-white.com. But it's, of course, linked on our website, and that's what you want to come via to find all of our guests of the last, it's closing in on 18 years we've been doing Song of the Soul. So please, on our site, check out our links, listen. You can hear uncut, because I have to cut this program for 55-minute broadcast length. Just remember, on NorthernSpiritRadio.org, you can do that. Leave comments. You can donate. We fund this not by corporations. If you're funded by corporations, it always requires that you tow a line so you fit better. And because you, the listeners, support NorthernSpiritRadio.org, we don't have to tow their line. 
Uh, so please support us and support the 35 to 45 stations nationwide who carry our programs. You can find links to those on NordenSpiritRadio.org. And again, you can find Emily White. Please track her down and find more of her music. I'm not really quite sure how many albums you have, Emily. I know there's at least two full and there's an EP, but there's one before that. And I'm confused. <laughs> Tell me what the truth is. Sure. I have three full lengths and two EPs. And people can access them all if they come by your site? Yes, they are all on my website. And they are all on Spotify and Apple Music. And they are not all on Bandcamp, but uh, most the most recent ones are on Bandcamp. Love the Good is something that it's probably hard to find people who disagree with that. But on the other hand, there's a whole lot of good in this world that a lot of people will have no truck with, that they will, you know, you're that, I have want nothing to do with you. What's good from your point of view? Gosh, so much more than bad. People, I think, fundamentally, I believe, are good. And I think that just when you focus yourself in a small way, when you go out in the world nearby you and the people that you actually interact with, that it's always far more good than bad. And, you know, I mean, I live in a city and I see things that probably people don't see on a regular basis. A lot of people in a lot of places in the country in terms of just, you know, crime or, or sad things. And still, I believe that most of my interactions when I go out in the world, I see people trying to do good, to be kind to each other, and to make a difference in their community. And then, you know, you go online and read the comment section about just about any topic you can think of, and it will make you just want to go crawl into a cave. <laughs> Depends where you get your news. If you get Yes Magazine, you probably won't have that feeling. And if you listen to Norton Spirit Radio, you may get the feeling that everything is much better. That's, but where do you get your news? You know, I actually watch the news sometimes. My wife really likes to watch the news, which is... Well, a trial for your relationship. <laughs> exactly. It's something we often disagree on. So watch the local news and, and the national news, which are just terrible. But, you know, I mean, literally, like, a parenting magazine on Instagram can have the most atrocious comments you've ever read. And it's just... I don't understand why people, you know, the anonymity of the internet and the distance that we've created there has just made people say things that they just would never say if they were sitting next to you. And so for me, it's a huge mental health exercise to just sort of turn that off, go be in the real world and realize it's not as bad as, as it seems when you're <laughs> staring at your little tiny screen in your bed in the dark. It really is important for people to realize news that's bad, that's dire, that's threatening sells. And I think that's one of the reasons, by the way, that Norton Spirit Radio programs, both my Spirit in Action and my Song of the Soul program, are not as big of a hit because I'm not dire enough. Even though I address the worst things that happen in the world, I'm always looking for what, you know, it's, I'm loving the good in what's responding to them. And so I totally am with your sentiment on love the good. And give us some more sentiment that we can unite with, if you would, Emily. Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay, star. We'll make it easy for you. Star. Now, isn't that it? You know? Yeah. I don't usually tell my guests what the good is, but 
stars seems to me to be exactly what you're talking about. It is. Thanks for reminding me. Star I wrote for a friend, a musician friend who always was not the the loudest or brightest musician in the room and always felt like they were getting overshadowed by brighter, louder voices in the room. And I identify with her in that way too. And I wrote it just kind of wanting to remind her that she's a star just like you know, in the, the, the analogy there is like the sun is brighter and the other stars might feel like not so great when they look at the sun. And that's how I felt it was with her and just trying to remind her and remind myself that people don't always see you the way you see yourself and you can be the brightest person to someone else. And then also, of course, there's just the element that we actually are all made of the same thing as stars that goes into that song. Well, folks, we're going to share the third song that Emily White is sharing from her latest album, Songs You Didn't Know I Wrote About You. This song is called Star. You don't know you're a star You're just watching the sun And when she's not around You feel like a rock in the dark you don't know you're a star it was something you said after she'd gone you can whisper the truth in the cool quiet deep of the night it was something you Six billion. 
As I'm sure you're getting to know, folks, Emily White is a star in her own right. She doesn't claim to have to be the North Star or Sirius or the brightest star in the sky, but she's shining so brightly for me today as we interview her for Song of the Soul. That was her song, Star, about another friend, about herself, about all of us, really. In Quaker speak, we say that there's a light, God's light is in everyone. Was that part of your Baptist upbringing to think of things that way too? I'm so amazed that even religions which will say something like that will then turn around and deny it in some people. I mean, yourself, for being queer in some way, your light's not supposed to shine as bright, although obviously it does. No, that was definitely not the message I got from the church I grew up in. It definitely talked about us all being God's children, but God was definitely more of uh, an authoritarian father. And there was a whole lot of, we are sinful people saved by grace. And there was just a lot of focus on how innately sinful we are. That was really hammered home in my upbringing. And in a way, you know, when I think about it and being queer in that environment, there was a sense that everyone was sinful. So it wasn't necessarily that I felt like people were, it's hard to explain. There were a lot of good people in my church who, who acknowledged their own natures. And, but I just realized at some point that I didn't really see the world that way. I didn't see the world through sin, that lens. And that was a big reckoning for me with the church and with myself. And it really went beyond just being queer, but that was, of course, a a huge part of it because that is such a, you know, hot topic issue. And especially when I was growing up in the 90s in the Southern Baptist Church. There was a period, I understand, where you didn't attend any kind of church, that you stepped outside of it. So, Growing up, you were Baptist, Southern Baptist, you went to an Episcopal school, and currently you're very involved with Methodist Church, United Methodist Church. And so that period in between, was that a need to reset from Baptist? What was that? That was the struggle in my life, and it was that I knew God loved me, and I knew I loved God, but I didn't know how to engage with any faith community because the faith communities I felt most comfortable with were typically fundamentalist evangelical faith communities. And so I kept trying to go to those churches. I church hopped for several years, trying to attend those churches and just feeling so at home in a worship sense in those spaces, but not feeling at home in a myself sense. It took me a long time to sort of reach 
like my worship training, as weird as that sounds. But when you grow up attending, I mean, I attended church a lot as a child and as a teen, and it was a big part of my life. And so there was a sense of those evangelical spaces that felt very much like home to me. They don't anymore, but they really did at the time. And so it was hard to feel connected and and develop that sense of home in other styles of work, if that makes sense. So when I first started going to the church I go to now, I just never felt that connection at first. And I had to really make some choices in my life to develop that. So I ended up joining a small group that met once a week for a year and had dinner together and fellowship. And we did a book study. And that was through developing relationships with the people in the church. I was able to come to feel at home in the worship and sort of learn, you know, the liturgy is just really different than the Southern Baptist Church. It's just, it's a lot to learn. And even though I had experience from the Episcopal Church, at least seeing worship in a different way, it was just hard to commit myself to like a community without being, I had to be really intentional about it, which I think more people should be, (laughs) like you should be intentional about the communities you join, but not always. Well, I'm so happy for you that you've got community where your soul can feel anchored, supported, recognized, all of that. And people are going to support my soul better if I get more of your music in, because that's what Song of the Soul is about. So what should we share next, Emily? I think Arkansas would be a great song for this particular moment. This is a song off my 2014 album, Staking Flags in the Valley. And it deals a little bit with that reckoning of coming from the Southern evangelical culture and feeling like it doesn't fit for you. One of the lines in this song is, I used to know that father well. (laughs) And I'm assuming this is the Baptist, the judgmental, the angry father, maybe to some degree. And you also say in the song that you carry the scars from that. Which scars are you talking about? I mean, all of them, all of those judgments, like what I talked about growing up, just believing and hearing about sinful nature over and over again, doesn't make for very confident adults always. (laughs) So I feel like, you know, I struggle with that stuff all the time. Still, I think I always will just a a very judgmental. And I think it also plays into my view of the world sometimes. And I really have to stop myself from, I have a judgmental nature anyway, but it's just one of those things I think I'll always carry with me that comes from that being raised in such a black and white environment. The song is Arkansas. You live in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, You're raised in Tennessee, have have roots there. How did Arkansas went its way into your song? I mean, is it just you were driving somewhere and saw the billboards? Oh, I know. Memphis is right across the river from Arkansas. And I spent a lot of time in Arkansas as I was growing up. My brother's grandmother lived over there and we would always go visit her. And I actually, so I actually started this song. I was visiting her being in Arkansas and there had been, you know, another, it was on the day that there had been another mass shooting. And I was just thinking about how there were so many of those and and that's where it all starts, you know, the the image of the the men praying in the diner and the flags at half mast was really for that and just sort of thinking about how for me, you know, thoughts and prayers just are not enough and that whole mindset came with 
the environment there in Arkansas and Tennessee, where I would, where I grew up in the evangelical mindset of praying for those situations and feeling very moved by mass shootings and stuff, but never really working past that. Folks, the song is Arkansas. It's by Emily White. Her website, emily-white.com. Links on nordenspiritradio.org. From her 2014 release, Staking Flags in the Valley, this is Arkansas. Well, the flags are all at half-mast. We don't have to ask. We've all got our own reasons why these days and the men in the vinyl At the end of that road Says it's as far as cars can go And if you want to go any further You are gonna have to walk Some people walk Some people ride Some people carpool to heaven Carpool to heaven The stars fall heavy over Arkansas
I have to say, folks, that through this song by Emily White, it's the first time I've ever considered that it might be possible to carpool to heaven. <laughs> Maybe some people think that, you know, as, soon, as long as you're a, a member of a church and they've got the grace with it, that you automatically get on the bus going with them that way. I've not really thought of it that way myself, but in her song, Arkansas, I'm just so enchanted, Emily, that you thought of carpooling, but you'd think you can't do it. It, it, it. That isn't the way it works for you. Did it work that way Baptistly for you or Episcopal or Methodistly for you? Yeah, no, I think it works for a lot of people that way, or at least they feel that way. They feel like they're on the bus and it just never... I mean, when I was a young child, I thought that. I was like, if I just do these things, then you get your ticket and that's how you get to heaven. And then, of course, you know, that just all sort of fell apart for a number of reasons. One of the verses in there, you talk about your brother being there rooting for you on the angel side. Is it your take on it that all of the religions you've been associated with, the Episcopal, the Baptist, the Methodist, that uh, they don't think a drug addict, a drug addict, uh, someone who has drug abuse issues, is automatically kept out of heaven. I'm, I'm afraid some people do think that way, and I don't. But was that part of your upbringing? You know, I, I honestly don't remember that ever coming up in the church I grew up in. There were very, there was a strict like formula for getting into heaven, and as long as you had accepted Jesus into your heart, you were going to heaven, and it sort of didn't matter what you did before that, and it didn't really matter what you did after that. And that was always the way I was raised. Even backsliders? Even backsliders for the for the church I grew up in, yeah. Salvation was salvation. I always felt like a little bit, as a Catholic, as long as you went to confession, confess your sins, you get to go out and do more. Exactly. I'm sure that's not how the church thought about it. but <laughs> Right. Let's keep going with some more of the music of Emily White. What's next, Emily? Well, I think Undertow would be a great next choice. Undertow is just a song about the transformative experience of grieving someone close to you. And I think that a lot of people will go through that in their lifetime, but not, but not everyone will lose someone that where the experience of the grief really is transformative for them. I don't know if that makes sense. Maybe it, maybe it happens for everyone eventually, but it's, it's about my brother. It's for my brother. Do you feel like you still carry that undertow is still pulling you with respect to your brother? How long ago did he pass? So it'll be 23 years in October. And absolutely, there are some days, it was just the other day I was driving down the street and my brother and I really, really both loved music a lot. And so music often makes me think of him, but I was thinking about this song and I was thinking about how my son is really liking this song. And it just... It was just immediately painful thinking about how, gosh, I wish they could hang out with each other. You know, like they would just love to talk about music <laughs> together. And that's, you know, 23 years later, it just, it was like a gut punch. And I think that it's just like that. And I think that so many people expect for it to go away and it does change over time, but it doesn't just go away. And I, I tried to, you know, sort of touch on that in this song and that, you know, the chorus is it never gets better. It never gets better, which is kind of funny in its own way, because like I was thinking also about that campaign, like it gets better. But I think with grief, it doesn't just get better. And it's okay to say that. And it's okay if you are 23 years later, bursting into tears on I-55 or whatever. 
And I don't think that that means that you're not dealing with something. I think it's just the way it is. And it sucks to lose someone you love and wish that they were still here next to you having dinner, talking about Nirvana or whatever. So that's, that's what I wrote the song about. Hoping that other people who feel that way might hear it and realize that, oh, I'm not crazy for still feeling this strongly this much time later. Emily White shares with us a song about the deep part of grief that always lives in us when we lose someone we love in her song, Undertow. Sixteen years to the day to the day you died I lit a fire and I closed my eyes Couldn't see it, but I felt it there Heat on my cheek, ash in my hair it never gets better, it never gets better I never thought it would I just hold the anchor when I feel the undertow It never gets better, it never gets better I never thought it would But I'm not floating, I am fighting Just like I said I could It's a blind bird Under a hard rain, down one headlight It's half gamble, it's half blind faith Everybody else thinks they know how long it takes It never gets better, it never gets better I never thought it would I just hold the anchor when I feel the undertow It never gets better, it never gets better the blessing of having Emily White here with us today for Song of the Soul, including her song Undertow. I want to mention, Emily, that that's not the first song that I featured on Northern Spirit Radio on Song of the Soul about the undertow. 
few years back, I interviewed Marcy Geller, and she has a song called Surf the Undertow. Oh. I think you probably need to talk to each other and, and do some kind of a medley or a song with it, because the idea of surfing the undertow is probably something that gives you more power with respect to the grief that you both experienced both the grief and, and the downward pull that, that grabs you. How do you keep functioning in a world when you've got that kind of a weight pulling you down too? Yeah. Marcy Geller is the person you want to look up. Thank you for telling me about that. And you can listen to my interview with her on northernspiritradio.org. Again, folks, Emily's website is emily-white.com. Like all my other guests of the past 17 and a half years, the link's on northernspiritradio.org. Let's get in one more song before we have to say goodbye, Emily. How do you want to close your song of the soul? I typically like to, to close it with a song that I wrote a, a bit ago, but it's called A Row at Home. And it's just always a good way to bring everybody home. It's about the concept of personal responsibility. And uh, when you bring yourself out to out in the middle of the ocean, you got to get yourself back. So it's my song for a little ode to personal responsibility. I was kind of surprised in the song you use the metaphor of sailing, but then you're rowing. And so I'm just like, why don't you put your sail up and sail home? I guess rowing home is harder than sailing out to your destination. Yeah. Well, and if something happens, you don't have that sail anymore. How are you going to get home? Right. That was sort of the image for me. It was like, I don't know, your mask broke or whatever. You can't get home anymore. And you can't carpool. You can't carpool, no. <laughs> and this is from your Resolution EP, which came out which year? That came out in 2010. So it's been, it's been a minute. And I think that probably the best situation for you to do this would be to perform this song on an island where people come to the island for the performance. And so they all have to go home right afterwards. <laughs> right now, folks, we're going to send you off one last song by Emily White. Again, website emily-white.com. It's on northernspiritradio.org. This is from the oldest recording that she's sharing for today's program. It's from 2010. It's Row at Home. That release is called Resolution. And Emily, I'm just so thankful to have you join me today and to share so deeply and so vulnerably for what could be very sensitive things to talk about. I just, you show great grace as you share. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. I really, really appreciate it. Again, Emily White here, last song, Row at Home. We'll see you all next week for Song of the Soul. You woke up in the middle of the sea, five leagues down and sharks underneath. You thought you might get away with pinning that one on me. your anchor and now you gotta get home yourself gotta roll it home you gotta roll it home you gotta roll roll you roll you roll it home somehow i always been to till 
breaks, I take it far too far And that's all it takes But I never said I was the kind of girl Who plays it safe Lifted my anchor and now I gotta get home myself. I gotta roll it home. I gotta roll it home. I gotta roll, 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 roll it home. 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 So dark and deep Well, I, I know you're suffering When the water swirls And you can't see land You're weighed down by the truth you keep You can't see that it sets you free Reach into the heart of this And try to understand Try to understand Front page says it's a desperate time, a world at war, we glorify crime. They never mention the choice we made, and they act like we were blind. We brought the boat out, and we raised the sail, yeah. We lifted our anchor, and now we gotta get home ourselves. Gotta row it home. We gotta row it home. Gotta roll, 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 row it home, 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 row it home. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it is called Song of the Soul. Check out all things Song of the Soul on northernspiritradio.org. Guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Send your Songs of the Soul to me, Mark Helps Meet, via the info on our website, and join us weekly for Song of the Soul.